0: today on The Rita Made Me Do It Show.
1: Well, definitely getting more visible. You know, I, th- I think the writing's been on the wall for a while that being visible, getting that exposure out there is how you can get the clients that you wanna get your ideal clients. And so when I heard about the opportunity to do that, I was all in and I wanted to be all in on getting more visible and getting the right kind of clients and getting in front of the, the right kind of clients and getting the message out there. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six figure business owner. Because, because of Rita, because of Rita, Rita I've, the I've used, doubled my revenue by, by doubling 40. my
0: clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach, also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. It's another week, and that means it's another episode of the Rita Made Me Do It Show. And you know, these are some of my. Favorite episodes. These are live coaching episodes where I get to talk with you uh, around a whole bunch of different topics and challenges and results that you want in your business. They're always my favorite because it's real time interaction and application, and I get immediate feedback regarding the results from everyone who's been live coached. So remember, if you would like to be live coached on a future episode of the Read a Me Me Do It Show, just head over to the show notes. and uh, click on the link to submit your application so I can learn more about you and match you with the right episode. It's always a ton of fun and you won't be sorry for doing it. But today, let me introduce you to what we're talking about today and who I have with me today. So today we are talking, it's like a continuation, right? For the past couple of episodes, it started with Erin King. So I interviewed Erin King around her new book called Big Deal Energy. And it's really about being audacious and taking uncomfortable action. And then from that, I pulled out one of my favorite parts. And one of my favorite parts was about really claiming the spotlight and getting in the spotlight. And that turned into last week's episode, which had me breaking down steps to take so that you can get more visible, but getting visible in your business in a way that feels good. Which is great, but then why, right? Getting visible in your business in a way that feels good so that you can attract your best fit clients so that you can attract your ideal clients. And so I broke, I just broke that down. That's why they're called break it down episodes, guys. I broke it down into a step by step kind of like instruction kit so that you can go forth and like. Claim the spotlight and get visible and do all of that stuff. But today I'm going to live coach someone through it. So I'm going to take them through the questions that I asked in that last episode, help kind of like find the common threads, connect the dots. And at the end, I really believe that they're going to walk away from this episode with kind of a little paragraph that shows who they want to attract, letting them say it in a way that will attract that person for the purposes that they want to attract that person. So basically, a very fancy and impactful little message that they can pack away in all of their marketing. And hopefully if you follow along at home, you can do the same and walk away with the same. So I'm excited to introduce you to Megan. Megan, hello. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm excited to have you. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone, let everybody know who you are and what your business is all about.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, Rita. I'm a big fan, big fan of the podcast. And yeah, I'm Smart Chick Megan Orser. I am the Director of Professional Development and CEO. And what do we do at Smart? Well, we help real estate professionals in the apartment industry. We help them fill their properties, help them keep them full. We help them keep their turnover low while also maximizing and hitting their occupancy and financial goals a lot quicker.
0: Yeah, no, that's wonderful. And because I used to be in the real estate world, totally different, but kind of, you know, all same language, all same. Uh, I am so excited to talk to you today because I think that sometimes, especially people can, can start feeling like some of this advice is only for a coach or only for a consultant. And I'm going to show you that this really applies to every industry and every, you know, division of the industry. So like if you're in the marketing division of your company and you're not an entrepreneur, you can still follow a lot of what we're going to talk about today. And in fact, I think you should. So I'm excited to talk to you. Tell me what made you want to take advantage of this opportunity?
1: Well, definitely getting more visible. You know, I I think the writing's been on the wall for a while that being visible, getting that exposure out there is how you can get the clients that you want to get, your ideal clients. And so when I heard about the opportunity to do that, I was all in. And I wanted to be all in on getting more visible and getting the right kind of clients and getting in front of the the right kind of clients and getting the message out there. So tell me what you've been doing to get visible. Well, I feel like probably like a lot of people, we've tried to be everywhere all at once, um, really spread ourselves thin, but we've been doing networking, we're on social media, in our company, we serve on several committees and associ- in our associations as well as some board of director positions. We're speaking on a national basis as well as a local basis, uh, mostly webinars now, but booking some in person gigs for the end of this year as well as for 2022. And then also trying to get out there um, in- on Clubhouse as well. You know, we're starting a room at the beginning of August. And so just a lot of fun things. But sometimes I wonder, are we doing enough for the right, the right stuff? Are we spending our time on the right amount of exposure?
0: Yeah. Isn't it funny that your first thing was like, are we doing enough? When you were like, we're probably doing too much and we're spreading ourselves too thin. But your mind immediately goes to, Well, what else can we do? Right. So the fact that you're thinking about what else can we do means you're encountering some challenges with it. So you're getting visible. You're all of these places. You're doing all of these things. But what would you say the results are from doing that or what are the problems or the challenges that you're finding as a result of being spreads within?
1: Well, I think more people maybe know who we are, but they aren't really clear on what we do because we're our our message is so general Um, That they either think because our name is smart, that maybe we do smart technology um, or something confusing. And because we are spread so thin that we're not able to cultivate those relationships, really maximize the engagement, you know, or even get that clear message to that customer. And so we're not resonating with anybody is is what I believe. I think our challenge or that we're hitting and why we're not getting the results that we want to get.
0: Yeah, no, perfect. And I I think that that's so normal, right, that we get so focused on visibility and we get visible and we have certain content and certain messages that we're putting out there. But then we find, yeah, we're attracting people not attracting, but people know who we are. There's an awareness around who you are, who your company is, especially if you're the one getting visible uh, out there for the company. There's like that awareness. But they might not be good fit clients. They might not even be potential clients at all. Is that what you're finding that a lot of people, but not a lot of people who need what you do?
1: Right, right. Or they don't, they maybe they don't know how to engage with us or again, we right. We're not necessarily getting the clients that we do want to get. We're maybe even spending our time getting visible with the wrong people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, that's what we're definitely going to talk about today. So, you know, one thing that I talked about in the last episode was there's one kind of universal desire that I'm sure you have on behalf of your company, that other people in your company have, that uh, other companies, other people out there have. It's the one thing we kind of all, all of us entrepreneurs, business owners, et cetera, have in common. And that is this desire to connect with people, to have people understand our value, and to have people understand you know, who we are and what we're about, right? We have this feeling of just we want the right people to connect with us. We want the right people to see our value. We want the right people to understand like what we're about and who we are. But the only way that that can happen is not from being seen, right? Like you've just kind of described that perfectly. Like you can be visible and not be connecting and have people not understand your value and have people not you know, recognize or understand what your message is or what you do or how you do it. It comes from being seen authentically, right? Being seen in an authentic way that lets people really know who you really are, what your business is really about, but who you really are, are the people, the team, right? In your business. We're going to talk about that a little more and what it all means for them, right? And that means sharing a lot of things that people don't normally put in to their marketing message. And so that's what I'm going to guide you through. You might not understand like where all of these pieces are going, but it's going to guide you to a place where at the end, we're going to plug it kind of into this formula. So does that sound good to you? Sounds great. Okay. So the first thing is uh, you are really the face of your company, true or false, or how many other people are out there really being the face of your company?
1: Well, I'm the CEO, so I would say my my role is to be more of the face, to be out there more involved. But we do have a a great team, um, eight total, and a majority of them are also out there visible on committees, either serving on boards, doing their own thing. Um, As I've encouraged it, you know, it kind of takes a whole army to really get out there, especially for his brand is as big as we want to go or as big of our dreams are. But then that also can confuse the message because we all have different messages, perhaps that we're putting out there. And we needed to get together and get that clear. Yeah.
0: So have,
1: have you gotten together
0: and gotten that clear? Or is this something that's going to help you get together and get that? Clear? I think this is going to
1: help us get together as you know, I'm still trying to get clear on my message, even as a CEO. But some of this has started to trickle through as we've been working with you, Rita. I've been trying to introduce this in our weekly updates and giving to, giving them little nuggets that it's coming and that, you know, it bite-sized so that they can start to percolate and have that in their mind and start having those conversations, especially as they start to get back out there and having more face-to-face conversations. I want them to be prepared just like I want myself to be prepared because I believe that's going to be you know, the next step, that's going to be what makes the visibility turn into more of the relationship building. And that's what we really want. Okay, perfect.
0: Then we are, we are in the right place at the right time for this conversation. Now, the first piece that I'm going to guide you through is something that I would actually suggest you kind of do for all of your, your main teammates. You said there are eight people total, right? I would, we're obviously not going to go through everyone here. You might have them do it. You might guide them. This could be a really good exercise to guide through because the strength, the strengths and skills, right, that your team brings to the table becomes a very big part of what makes you authentic in your marketing and your messaging, right? Like who you really are about If we were talking about you, it's like, who is Megan? Well, Megan is a combination of like a bunch of different things, education, experiences, strengths, skills, right? Like all of this stuff. Well, every team member is too. And then I think the extra step for you is finding which pieces, which strengths, which skills, which whatever tie ultimately out of the whole combination, right? For that, That you would say, these represent the business as a whole across all of us, right? But the only way you're really going to get there is I think if each of you do this kind of piece, right? So what is this piece? The piece is a self-inventory where we are going to start talking a little bit around who is Megan? Who is Megan and what does Megan bring to the table, right? What does Megan bring to, you know, real estate, the pro- real estate professional <laughs> landscape, right? And for, you know, the property kind of landscape like you are with filling, you know, filling properties and, and helping with turnover rates and things like that. Like what what do you do? Sure. But what do you bring to the table to help you do it becomes really important. But you can see how all of your team members bring something different to the table. And then collectively, the combination of that is going to be really important for people to understand what your business is about, because your business is really about what the people in your business bring to the table, right? So, what are some of your? Let's dive into like a little mini self inventory, right? What would you say some of your strengths are? Like, so there, there's a slight right. Strengths are things like, um, I don't know. You can go take a Clifton Strengths Finder or Strengths Finders test or something, but it can be, you know, and, and these can overlap a little bit with skills, but these are more like big, right? Like, I'm great at community building. That's a strength of mine. I'm very good at oral speaking. Like that's a strength of mine or something like that. Whereas skills can be like, I'm really good at organizing events. I'm really good at um, researching and analyzing data. I'm really good at, so we'll kind of like, those get a little more minute and uh, broken down. So what are your, let's start with
1: strengths. What would you say some of your strengths are? So I I've been in the industry a long time. I grew up in it. So I've mentioned to you before, I, I believe that a lot of the things are second nature in the processes and what I'm supposed to do as far as harder skills. I, I think for me and why I've been successful or I've I've been useful to SMART is I am focused on solutions and not really issues. Okay, so- I'm going to interrupt
0: you right here. Look at that, guys. Look at that. This with the power of life coaching, right? I'm like, no, nope. Because I could let my audience hear everything that you're about to say, which we will get to. But I'm not talking about here's the value that I bring to my company. <laughs> like that's what we're going to connect the dots with with something bigger, right? You don't even understand probably the full value that you bring to your company. I know you do like in a, in kind of one way, but in this other way, you don't know where we're going. What I mean is as a person, operating through the world, which becomes a little more uncomfortable to talk about, right? Like, it's so easy when we hide ourselves behind the company. Well, in my company, I'm good at this. And for my company, I'm good at this. And I'm like, no, no, this is just Megan's time to toot Megan's horn and say here is here's what I'm good at as a person. I am freaking incredible at listening to people. I am freaking incredible at, you know, my my strengths are whether you love doing it or not. It's like I am a mathematician like you would not believe. Like I can speak until you make me sit down. Like what are just some of the strengths that you think that you have as a person?
1: I'm really good at winning people over and getting them on my side. So I think that is a superpower that I do have. I have have been able to go into some situations where perhaps a client has been reserved or closed off and I've been able to win them over and then get them to kind of peel the onion by the layers and then slowly convince them, uh, you know, in the direction that we need to go. So I, I would say that comes with good listening, but also showing a lot of respect, even though I do have a lot of knowledge, not just coming in and saying, you know, I'm the only one that has... The solutions. I like to hear everybody's side. I'm really good at observing, which has also led to some really surprising me. But I'm really good at breaking down directions and then communicating them to people so that they can take their tasks or their the job tasks and things that they need to do um, on site or in their position, and maybe enjoy their job a little bit more or not do it so hard. So work smarter, not harder. Uh, I believe that that's a a really good um, attribute that I do have, and that I bring to the table. Awesome. So
0: obviously, guys, this is like a podcast episode. So if this was like, I would be like, I want you to keep digging and digging and digging, and we would have a page full. So for you, Megan, I do want you to kind of sit with this over and over. You might even take a strengths finder test. You might like really dig in and see where, ask people, like, what do you think I'm good at, right? So a good way to think about your strengths are um, not only what comes naturally and easily to you, but what are all of the compliments that people have given you? Like, wow, Megan, you're really great at X. Or Megan, thank you so much. You were able to X, Y, Z, right? But, um, way to go, Megan. I've never seen anybody. A, B, C, as much as you have, right? Like those things too should be on this list. Is there anything that comes to mind off the top of your head that you think of?
1: So I would say in the education um, realm, that's really where I think I've shined the brightest is where I have had people come after my session and come up and say, you know, you're really good at connecting with the audience and, you know, making, you know, them understand your story. I believe that I am a good storyteller in those regards. And I I do try to be authentic all the time, but especially then and also maybe sharing some stories that are personal that most people wouldn't that you know, it it isn't always going to be rainbows and butterflies. And I think that's important to share that too. um, And so you can relate with people. And so I have had a lot of good feedback in our education that that is different and that it really is practical education. It's something that they can take right to their lives or to their career and, you know, excel from there. Awesome. So I have a really good list already, but
0: obviously, like I said, we, if this was real life, I'd be digging. I mean, it's real life, but like a real, like ongoing coaching relationship. I would be digging in. We would come back. We would dig in some more. So do that on your own, Megan. Definitely take like a strengths finder quiz. Maybe have your team take a strengths finder ki- kind of quiz. Um, but here are the words that I wrote down just based off of what you said so that we have them together and we're kind of operating on the same page. I have persuasiveness. Inclusion, making people feel included, listening, being respectful, observing, communication, making ideas actionable, connecting with people, relatability, relating to others, vulnerability, truth-telling, right? Those are some things that I have right there for you. Now, let's talk about skills, and a good way to kind of target skills are to think about Professional and life experiences. So we have professional experiences and we have life experiences. uh, A professional experience may be that you led a team meeting for 50 people, right? And a life experience could be, I planned my grandmother's surprise party for 50 people, right? Um, It could be, I took a trip. I traveled by myself around Italy. That could be a life experience. Or I, you know, volunteered for my church committee, or I was a member of a singles group. I mean, there are tons of life experiences that you've had. So obviously, You're going to want to sit down and time over time, like kind of comb through this. But when you think of professional uh, experiences or you think of life experiences, kind of jot a few of those down um, real quickly. And then what we're going to do is you're going to tell me the skills that were needed to do that, right? So for while you're writing down, I'll like tell the audience you, if you're following along at home, which I hope you are. Um, but like if you put in your grandmother's surprise birthday party for 50 people, there are a lot of skills that went into that. You had to uh design invitations, you had to arrange logistics with uh the hotel, you had to figure out travel, you had to coordinate travel, so you have like coordination and maybe you research venues so you have research and you have you know like um a project management you have a lot of skills that went into executing on the surprise party if it was um a perfect like even a personal experience like just being a member of a singles group, but an, an active member of a singles group, there's skills you had to use to be able to go and participate in that group, right? You had to use skills to be able to, to show up, to be able to talk with other people. So their communication skills, they're going to be like, uh, really a lot of communication skills, but they're going to be more too, right? There could be planning, there could be. So when we think of our life experiences, the next thing we, or professional experiences, the next thing is just pinpoint a few of those skills. To you guys, it's going to sound like we don't stop talking at all. I'm actually going to pause this to give poor Megan a little bit of time to like write this out. So if it sounds a little choppy when we come back, that's why. Okay, so I know everybody's excited. They've been waiting for five milliseconds or whatever. To us, we've been on pause for a little bit. So tell everyone, what are are some of the skills that you just came
1: up with? Okay, so the skills I came up with are that I am a facilitator. I am a moderator. I am good at matching and pairing panelists and speakers. I am also very good at creating presentations that resonate with the audience. I'm good at showcasing people and getting them into the spotlight and then mentoring them, coaching them. I'm also good at researching information and the organization as a whole, and then also just paring down information and getting it to a story that we can tell yeah or just really
0: pinpointing what's the most important information out of this bo- bucket of information right i also wrote on your list speaking because you're not going to mention that but you're good speak you speak you give presentations you get- so speaking is a definitely a skill right i don't know if things like writing or even typing or whatever, guys, like, I'm just giving you an example of what different skills are. Now, out of these, well, let's go to another category, and then I'll have you do something with that. So now we get to talents. So we've talked about strengths, skills, and talents. Talents, to me, are things that they could be inherent. They could be things that you've just naturally been good at, you feel gifted at. Maybe it's, you know, you can play music, you can write really well, you're a great photographer. Um, it, It can be stuff like that or it can be stuff that you've trained yourself to do over time. Like a talent of mine is typing. I know that's so weird, like keyboarding. Like I can type like 150 words a minute like it's insane right um and it bothers the heck out of people but like i i'm really good at that i'm really good at i think a talent of mine is interviewing i've just always been really good at interviewing now that could be a skill too and it could be a strength but i really think it's a talent um when i was in it i talked in the last episode about my my talent show and how like it would always be choreographing and like it would be choreographing a dance for, I, I started it in elementary school. I didn't m- mention this in the last episode. It was me and other, five other girls and we were called the rainbow girls and we lip synced to my boyfriend's back and it was incredible. Right. But then I, so I, I used to like choreograph and like put together moves. so are there any talents that just are things that pop out? People go, wow, you really have a talent for this, Megan. So like what kinds of things pop up to you there?
1: I've been told that I am like a MacGyver, where I will stick at something. So if it's a challenge, especially in technology or maybe IT, um, I'm not afraid of those things where I'll tend to just keep trying and tinkering until I get a solution. I love that kind of stuff. I also am, I would say, a talent at making people feel comfortable. So I've always been, even as a small child, been able to just really relate to people, make them feel comfortable and get them, win them over. So I, again, you mentioned persuasion. Um, I would say that's something I did inherit. Yeah. And then I, I would say speaking, being able to speak to people and connect, again, connect with them, maybe be able to break it down to something that they can relate to. So I
0: put down technology solution finding solutions uh making people feel comfortable speaking being you know being a speaker anything else like um i don't know singing writing play me like don't worry about if it's relevant to, I think sometimes people get, and this is for everybody. You might be like, "Yeah, but playing a trombone—that's not relevant to my business, so I'm not going to say it. we don't care at this point what's relevant or not relevant to your business." Like me choreographing a lip sync dance <laughs> doesn't sound incredibly uh, relevant to business coaching, but if I went into what did it take to choreograph a group of people to actually execute and perform on something. I can start finding certain things, right? So is there anything else that may not have seemed relevant that you're like, yeah, like I'm, I can take my tongue and touch my forehead with it or something? Like, I don't know, that would be weird. <laughs> I would be really, really impressed if you could do that. But uh,
1: anything that comes up like that at all? I'm really good at decorating cakes, um, which is a, a talent I didn't know that I had, but I did get into that for a while and I, I was very good at that. What do you love about decorating cakes? I like making something beautiful out of you know just a few ingredients uh, getting letting the creativity come out I'm a very visual person that, so uh, picture books even still as an adult I, I am more a, a visual person so I like to see that visualization come together of an expression and I love to give them as gifts for when I would make a birthday cake or you know a baby shower cake or something getting to see it come to life and trying something really hard. I loved that too. Pushing myself, you know, something that I maybe see on TV or in a book and, you know, trying new things to see if I could accomplish that and make make that too. Yeah. So like already I
0: wrote down from that, bringing together an expression of a vision, right? And bringing an idea to life. Right. Do you see how like that can really be something that you're probably doing in the work that you do with your business, too? So, guys, that's why I say talk about things, even if you think it's not relevant, because when you say, well, why do I like it? What do I love about it? What's what skills like let me even ask you that what skills go into decorating a cake? Like, what do you need if you if somebody's like, that's it. I'll make a great wedding cake. It's going to be a three tier wedding cake and I'm going to do the fondant and I'm going to have flowers. And like they've never decorated a cake before in their life. You're going to say, cool. You're going to need these things to be able to do that and have fun doing it.
1: Yes. Well, you're definitely going to need a lot of counter space and you're going to want to prepare. And so one of the things I learned, you know, in baking cakes was you break things down into a lot of different steps. So you might make the fondant flowers or the fondant stars or whatever, those decoration pieces before time. So you're not going to just bake a cake and then turn around and decorate it. You're going to probably make those pieces and parts ahead of time and then assemble it all together. Yeah, it's like
0: preparation, planning, patience, right? You're going to need patience while, while you're waiting, right? So then these become skills you have that you don't even, you take for granted that you have them, right? You didn't even mention them. I had to like dig a level deeper. And so it's like, oh, those would be back under skills. I'm patient. I'm a great planner, right? I'm a great prepper, like preparing, preparation, those all become important too. So guys, I, I I took Megan through this so that you could see, and this is why Megan could come back to this and sit with this and sit with this. And as you think of more things, you're gonna come back and you're gonna write more things. Now, out of this, I want you to kind of just like, take a minute. And just circle or highlight, you can say it as you're doing it, ones that just you really love. When you look at this list of strengths, skills, talents, phrases, everything, what are like five, guys, and it can be more than five, again, podcast. So I'm like, you know, keeping things timely so you're not like, Rita, this is an 18-hour podcast. Um, What are like five that jump out at you as something that you love? I loved uh,
1: patience and prepper. I loved communicator and facilitator and matchmaker that you love
0: doing that yet you really like you look at that and you're like yes I love doing that I love saying that I do that I love saying that I'm really good at that showcasing other people all right so that's an idea I'm sure when you sit with her there there are more but that's what I want you guys to do at home too on your list circle highlight put a star next to every word that just immediately fills you with a sense of joy right? Like if I was looking at this, it would be like communication, like if this was my list, it'd be communication, relatability, speaking, showcasing others, Um, you know, bringing together an expression into a vision. Like these would be like the ones that really quickly, so it's whichever really quickly off the top of your head, you would highlight star circle because you just, it fills you with a, a sense of joy. Okay. So what we've just done is kind of part one, right? Part one is What do you specifically bring to the table? What do you specifically bring to the table? Now, when you have all of this, this can be really good for when you're communicating with people your piece of what you do for your business, right? But also, when you're comparing this side by side with all of your other team members, you're going to find the words that jump out that you're like, this is really if the business was a person, right? And the business is comprised of all of us. These are the words, the phrases, the things that we want to associate with the business, right? Like these would be, If and really think of the business as a person. Like it's a person and you're saying, the strengths are our strengths, all of us. The skills are all of our skills. The talents are all of our talents. Now, which ones from all of these for all eight of us, do we want to say, are the main strengths, skills, talents of the business, right? Um, But you will each have your own as well because you're going to communicate always your piece of what you do. All right. So the next part of things, right? Because it's not just enough to know what you bring to the table. It's, and here's who I want to match with me. Here's who I want to now take on this journey with me. Here's who I want to sit at the table with me. I bring this to the table, but I don't want everybody sitting at this table like there are limited seats and I really want these people to be sitting at the table with me. So, the way that we find this out is by answering and I'm going to give you some more pointed questions than this, but it's how do those things that you just like talked about on that list or even your smaller list that you pulled out How do those contribute to you serving other people, right, in terms of the work that you do? So now we really are talking about the work that you do. So the first question that I want to ask you is, why are you doing the work that you do? Not why are you a business owner? Not why are you an entrepreneur? Why this specific work? Why is it so important for you, right? To go back to my first page of notes with you, why is it so important for you to help people fill properties, for you to help keep them full, to keep their turnover low, for helping them hit their occupancy, you know, their financial goals and things like that? Like, why are you doing this work? Why does your business exist to help do this
1: work? It kills me to see people waste their resources and time doing things not smart inefficiently, burning their people out, trying the same old things over and over, and then wondering why they're not getting the results that they want. You know, so I, I see a lot of times where people could do
0: quick things. So I'm gonna ask you a question. Why are they struggling to get the results that they want? Let's go there. You're like, I hate seeing people struggle to get the results that they really want. Why are they struggling to get the results that they want?
1: Maybe they're, they can't get out of their own way. Uh, Maybe they have A lot of issues on on site and they don't really know where to start.
0: So let's talk about can't get out of their own way. Why are they not able to get out of their own
1: way? From my experience, it it usually is they've done it for a long time or they've got blinders on. um, They've become complacent. They can't
0: see. They actually can't see the real problem or they can't find the root cause, Right. right? They're not able to see it. They're not able to find the root cause. So like, we exist, like, this is what I want you to get to, not broad statements, right? You start with the broad statements to get to the more general statements, which is like, why are you doing what you you do? It's kind of your origin story. It's like the reason this company came to be, and it's not really because I don't like seeing people struggle. It's like, because professionals in this world, I mean, you know the better language than I do, but like professionals in this world um, have become so like, so, um, something, I'll, I'll think of the word later, guys. This is the way real podcasting life coaching is, but it's become so, so something that they're unable to see X, but we can, right? We can give a, like, they can't see the forest through the trees, but we can. They're too in it to be able to see what they really need to see, or they're too, right, like, it's like war, I, I've shared this before in the, um, episode around differentiation, and it's that idea of telling, like why there's a problem that you're solving. And what happens is when I ask people why your business, they're never talking about actually solving the problem. They're like, well, because I hate people, seeing people struggle and I want people to succeed. And I just want people to have freedom. And I want people to like, have like a joyous life cool, what's the problem that your business solves, right? And it's like, I always go to Warby Parker, because theirs were just a bunch of young guys that were doing adventure traveling. And they all wore glasses. And their glasses kept breaking while they were doing all these adventures. And glasses were really expensive. And they were like, there has to be a more affordable way to get replacement glasses. And boom, they decided to create orby parker so that people can have affordable glasses right so it's like really going to be important i think to help you make it and something you're probably going to spend some time on which is like really digging into why do we do this work right like you could be if you don't like seeing people struggle if you, you could be doing anything to help other people not struggle and to help other people be more efficient and why this specific industry? Why this work for your business? Why does it exist? Your business exists because people are unable to do certain things. People aren't doing certain things. People don't know how to do certain specific things. And you do, right? And so you've got to be able to vocalize that well. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So I want you to play around with that a little bit. Because what Like what I started seeing right there when when I wrote down, can't see the real root cause, right? They can't identify the real root cause. That goes back to one of your skills of being able to get to the right information and also finding a solution and like being able to, right? So you start seeing how it ties together a little bit. It's like, oh, here are the skills and the talents and the strengths that I used to be able to do this thing that we do. If we help people find the right you know, if we find, if we help people identify the root cause of what their problem is, I've just identified all the strengths, skills, and talents that allow me to do that. And that's going to be important later. So I'm not going to make you sit here and like (laughs) struggle with it all now, but I do want you to spend some time again, and you can come back and like, tell me right about, um, like, what is the origin story of your business? Our business was born from this moment and it was for this reason. And it's so we're able to this is our mission and why we're doing this very detailed, specific work in this industry for these people. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. And everybody else out there too, right? And if you want to go back a couple episodes, I don't remember at this point what episode it was, but go back. Go, I'm the worst, right? Go back and look at the differentiation, how to differentiate yourself in a noisy and crowded marketplace because I take you through some stuff there to help you come up with your origin story. So that could be helpful. Now, the next question to help you do this is what are like, and we just thought, so I really do want you to, to spend some time doing this a little bit. What are the specific problems, the tangible daily problems that you solve for people? So we've talked about the results that you help give people. You help them get their occupancy full. You help them like stop turnover. You help you. Those are the results. But what are the specific problems And you can name a few that keep them from being able to get to those results on their own. Not like they can't. It's like they're putting ads in the wrong whatever, or they are treating you know their potential whatever like this, or they are. What are those tangible problems?
1: So, I would say our biggest problem is that they have open positions at their property, and so that has a myriad of problems that trickle through unhappy employees, unhappy residents, which then means lower occupancy, um, which means I can't take care of the property. So it's very, it's very cyclical. And so typically, I would say the biggest problem would be I have an open position. So either they need help with recruiting, they need help maybe with temporary staffing, maybe they need to attempt to hire, or perhaps they are so busy that they can't train the new people that they did hire. So that's also where we can help them out with some plug and play on demand education or coming in and and training them. Or if they purchase um, out of contract of one of our staff that we've trained, then they can do that as well. But typically it's time and open seats.
0: Okay, cool. I love this as an example. So obviously, again, we could spend forever identifying very individual problems. but We're going to use this one as the showcase, right, which is like they aren't great at Building a team and setting their team up for success. So that's the domino that then causes all the other dominoes to fall, right? They they don't know how to recruit and retain, you know, great people that set their property up for success, right? Um, and so what what I started seeing right away are the pieces that you bring to the table, right? If we're like, I help, like we can help them recruit and train. It's like, go back to that. I'm like, flip it. You can hear the pages, guys. Go back to your skills, right? And you're like, oh yeah, like I help match people (laughs) and pair people. Like we really help, you know, like, find the talents and strengths of other people and showcase those. We can do the research. We can identify, you know, the right solutions. We can make people feel comfortable. We are like really bringing together like an expression into a vision, right? Like all of those pieces go into this very specific piece. And I say that because what you're wanting to do, guys, after you say, why the work we do? Why this work? Why are we doing it? And then what are the specific problems that we solve How do we help people overcome feelings that they're having or whatever it is that you do? Then the the main question is, how do your skills, strengths, and talents connect to solving those problems? How do your skills, strengths, and talents connect to the work that you're doing? Which skills, strengths, and talents are necessary for the problems you solve and are necessary for the work that you do? Does that make sense? So did that example help you see how to Do that with your other ones, Megan? Yeah. Okay, cool. So that becomes part of the piece of like, you have to start getting, if you want to attract the right people, these are the things, this is only part one, but like you have to start getting visible around this information, right? It's like, this is what I bring to the table and how what I bring to the table or what our business brings to the table, this is how it helps you solve your tangible daily specific problems to get you those very specific real results that you want. Does that make sense? Would you say you've been highlighting those strengths and those skills and those talents and how they really solve the problems? Or do you just say,
1: hey, there's a problem and we help solve it? Well, I don't think we've been highlighting it. We've not been visible right in the right way.
0: And that might be where people are starting to feel Number one, if you're not good at really communicating the problem, right, the way we were talking about, you might just say, hey, you have low turnover. That's not really the problem. The problem is you're not good at maintaining a team that helps you keep the high turnover, right? It's like so if you're not really like vocalizing the root problem, the core problem, and you're just kind of like talking about the result that happens, right? Like I could say, yeah, maybe people are having they hire me because they can't get clients. That's not the real problem. It's never, oh, well, you're just not getting a client. Let's solve it. It's like there are other problems that are keeping them from being able to get a client. I have to talk about those problems because that's how I'm going to resonate and attract the right people because other people are going to be like, "Uh uh-uh. No. See that maintaining a team thing? That's not my problem. That's not what I cool. You're not going to be a good person to work with. Right. But somebody who's like, yes. Oh, my gosh. Like that is the thing. We can never have a full team. It's always like we're struggling here. Maybe we need them. Right. That's where they start. Your right fit clients start seeing yourself in that level of detail. Does
1: that make sense? That was like an aha moment when you said that.
0: Yay. Oh, I love aha moments. All right, right. Okay. So let's keep it going. So then the next piece, so that's like kind of your your like what you bring to the table and who you want sitting at the table with you, right? How we can start having a conversation and attracting the right people who are passing by to go, ooh, this is interesting. I want to sit at this table. I want to sit at this table with everything that's happening here, right? But now we have to really, more than that, to show up authentically, to be seen authentically, to attract the right people. That authentic piece comes from your beliefs, right? Like what you believe to be true. And the first place that I always start is, What do you believe about your industry? What makes you mad when you think about your industry as a whole? Other people who are doing what you do, right? Like if I'm thinking about my industry, it's business coaching. It's not entrepreneurship. It's, Other business coaches? What makes me mad about some of the things that are happening in the business coaching industry? What pisses me off? Or what do I get super excited about? Or like, what do I see for the future of my industry? Right. So, this is the next piece to like dive into. Is there anything that comes up for you immediately around, yes, like when it comes to other, like across the the country? people who are doing what we do. I get mad about this. I get mad that they focus on this and not that I get really angry that this is how they're telling people, you know, to solve a problem. Or this is what makes me mad when they're talking about, I don't know, just, you know, close your eyes and seven figures will appear or whatever. Like what is it that, that gets you going, gets you riled up? What are your points of view about your industry?
1: The transparency is something that really brass my cookies. Uh, and I've I know other trainers and other maybe other folks or people in my space that believe that there is something even secretive on teaching our salespeople to to keep the price a secret. And I've never believed in that. I've always trained that you should be very transparent, especially people are shopping for an apartment. They want to know about their budget. I don't believe in the you know the trick and then get them to come in and see what's going on so transparency is something that I think that we stand on it smart especially myself that would set us apart maybe from from other people in our awesome. space
0: how much do you talk about that in your marketing probably zero okay so see like you're like that's what sets us apart but nobody knows it <laughs> nobody knows it at all right so I wrote down like you know the, necess- the, the necessity of being transparent in your marketing and your sales process, like no manipulation is needed, like all, like, all of that, that's going to help you attract your right clients because people who are like, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, no, they're not going to be your job isn't to convince people of your methods. It's people who are saying we what we're doing isn't working and we need help right? And when they hear like, yes, finally, someone who's like saying, look, like we do not believe in manipulation, marketing and sales. Like if there are people out there telling you, you need to hide your prices and you need to, they are wrong. They are flat out wrong. And we, that's what we believe, right? We believe that you will get more when you put your prices out front. We believe that you will get more when you, that needs to be So like, and like anything else that you're going to identify like this, right, needs to be out there. So when you're like, okay, what else about my industry makes me mad? Or what do I see the future? Or what if I had to predict the future? What do I predict will be the future? Or like, I think that, you know, property owners are really going to struggle if this doesn't change as a whole in the industry, or like, I really believe this is about to change as a whole in the industry, and so everybody better get on board with it, right? Those are the messages and the things you need to be sharing in your speaking, in your marketing, in your networking, when you're talking to people, when you're whatever, because that those are the pieces that will attract the right people to you. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. So then the other piece, right, is the piece around really believing in abundance. Because what stops people? <laughs> what stops people from sharing and saying something like, I'm sorry, if, if you are a company that believes in manipulation with sales and like uh hiding information and tricking people into coming and having like a bait and switch, right? If you believe in that or you believe the people who are telling you to do that, you are wrong, right? Which what stops people from sharing their point of view. And that's gonna is because it will alienate people. It will alienate the people that are like, no way, that's a great tactic. And like it's worked for us. And you're wrong, Megan. <laughs> like, we know what we're doing, right? It's But you don't want to work with those people anyway. So we do want to alienate. That leaves space for the right people who are like, I have been looking for you forever. All of these companies out there are telling me to do this. I didn't know there was a company that would say that I didn't have to. I didn't know that that was out there, right? But the the reason that we don't do it is we're so scared to alienate because we're so scared. So we don't share things like... These are our strengths, our skills. This is what makes us different. This is how we do what we do, right? Like here's how we like combine the strengths and skills to solve these Very specific problems for you because people feel like if I'm talking about a very specific problem or if I'm talking about our points of view, we are going to alienate people who are like, Well, that's not my problem. (laughs) And like, that's not my point of view. And I don't agree with that. I think you're crazy. I think we should do it. Like, and we get scared because we think there's scarcity. There aren't going to be enough clients. There's not going to be enough work. There's not going to be enough opportunities coming to the door for us. Once we alienate, right? So for all of this to work, you have to really embrace that abundance piece. And the exercise that I gave to do this in the last episode, and I want you to do maybe three sentence stems of this right now, is I am grateful. And this is in general, again, in life, not like just related to your industry, but I'm grateful for blank and I'm grateful that I blank. So like, what would be like three sentences that you could feel like that? Like for, I'll give an example. I'm grateful for sunrises and I'm grateful that I get up at 5 a.m. to see them. So it's connecting you to the thing you're grateful for. I'm grateful for blank and I'm grateful that I blank.
1: I am grateful for the wake up and win room and I get up at 7 a.m. to do that Monday through Friday.
0: Yep. So you're grateful like... For anybody who doesn't know, the wake up and win room is um, on Clubhouse every every seven oh five Eastern AM on Monday through Friday. Um, but it's like what we're really getting to is that I'm grateful that I I made a commitment and that I'm honoring the commitment, right, and that I prioritize myself in the morning, right, um, and that I start my day in a way that feels great right? The reason that I have you do this exercise is to show that for everything that is in your life, you have done something to create it and bring it about. And I think that's important for stepping into abundance. It's important to see it's not happenstance. It's not something that's just happening to you and you're just a victim of good things or not, right? It's like, no, 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 I've created literally everything I'm grateful for. It's like, you might not make fresh water, clean water in your house, but I'm really grateful that I work hard. And I'm very grateful that I, you know, can live in a home and I maintain a home that has like clean water or that I go and buy the clean water or, you know, and I'm grateful for that, right? Like, um, and I'm grateful that I do these things to make it to make it happen. I'm grateful, you know, for my friends, but I'm grateful that I proactively communicate with them and reach out to them and make that a priority to check up on them and ask how they're doing. Like it shows, oh, I have all of this stuff, but it's because of what I've done to keep it, bring it in or maintain it. So I can bring in, keep or maintain anything I want in my life, right? So if we were to talk about your clients specifically, let's say I'm grateful for my clients and I'm grateful that I what?
1: The opportunity to, you know, be there when they hit their goals and see that excitement and that passion come through, or when they they do have a breakthrough and they start seeing that, you know, all the hard work is paying off and they're actually going to get results.
0: Okay, so like, like, I'm grateful for my clients, and I'm grateful that I'm their that I'm their cheerleader. I'm their biggest cheerleader, right? But what else? I'm grateful for my clients, and let's talk about how you get clients. I'm grateful for my clients, and I'm grateful that I.
1: It's a referral basis. So I'm I'm grateful for the referral basis that we were able to wow people.
0: I'm grateful for referrals. And I'm grateful that I what? That I follow up on them, that I cultivate relationships with people who trust me to refer, right? Like, I'm grateful that people trust me to refer. And I'm grateful that I, you know, am honest and communicate with them frequently and let them know that they can trust me. Does that make sense? Like, isn't it funny how much you struggled to connect yourself to those things, but you are the root cause of those things. It's like when people are like, oh, no, no, it's a referral. Like, I didn't do anything to get that client. I'm grateful that I took the call. I'm grateful that I followed up. I'm grateful that I scheduled the call. I'm grateful that I followed up after the call. I'm grateful that the person referred. And I'm grateful that I cultivate a relationship over there to make people feel like they can trust me to refer me. And I'm grateful that I'm consistent with that and that I show up for other people so that they want to send me referrals. And I'm grateful that I do excellent client work so that clients want to continue to refer work to me. And I'm grateful that I really work hard and like work on my skills and become a leader in my industry so that people want to, refer people to me, right? It's like, wow, I do a lot to get those freaking referrals. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, showing up, I guess what resonated when you said that showing up and doing 100%.
0: And yeah, it's like all, probably everything I mentioned It's all, mm-hmm. and those all go on your skills list or your strengths list, right? Everything is, and I'm grateful that I, those are all things, right? Like the commitment and honoring my time, like those all go under skills, right? That I can make a commitment, that I can honor my commitments that, I, you know, like all of that. So then back to the, back to the, uh to the questions at hand, right? So now we've, we've really identified Who you are, what you bring to the table, what your team members bring to the table, ultimately what the business brings to the table, and how those things then solve problems, how those strengths, skills, talents solve the specific daily problems of the people that you're trying to work with, right? And then identifying the skills and the strengths and the talents that that you have to really highlight and talk about because those are the ones that, re- that you bring to the table that help solve these specific daily problems. But then you've added in and our beliefs, our points of view so that we really call in the right people and we're not scared to do it. <laughs> like we feel that there's this extreme abundance and we're really glad to do it, right? Okay, so now I want you To just look, we talked at the beginning about all the ways that you're showing up, right? So you said things like networking and social media and you could break that down even more. Every single social media site, the way that you're showing up, Facebook Live videos, reels, um, tweets, like, you know, long form posts, blog posts, like, and so take a minute and just kind of like flesh All of those things out. It could be specific committees. It could be, you know, all your different types of speaking opportunities. It could be podcast interviews. It could be clubhouse rooms. It could be keynotes. It could be breakout sessions. It could be local groups. It could be national conferences, right? There's a lot more there. So flesh it out a tiny bit. But what I'm really ultimately going to ask you and everybody out there who's, again, doing this playing along at home, right? Is what are the ways that you're showing up that you love, right? What out of all of those ways, what do you just really, really love? So like, name like three things. Again, you're going to have a bigger list when you sit and work on this on your own. But what are like three things that you just really love in terms of that list?
1: I really love doing podcasts, especially industry specific ones. I love doing the subcommittees. I love committee work with the subcommittees where we really go deep on a, on a topic, especially the national ones. And then I like, Speaking, but I like doing them at summits. So I've been doing a lot of those lately, um, where there's a bunch of different speakers or a bunch of different topics, and we get to collaborate together. Okay, awesome.
0: <laughs> and then it's like the next question that we're not going to ask here, but that I want you to think about is how can you replicate? That Like, what do you love about that? And how can you replicate that in other things or other areas? It's like, well, if I love speaking at summits, but the reason why I love speaking at summits is because I love collaborating with other people. And I love X, Y, and Z. It's like, how could I do that in other platforms, in other ways, in other things? How can I bring that into the other ways that we're Generating awareness. I might be like, oh, well, in a clubhouse room, I could do that. But also in a marketing post, we could do a takeover of each other's accounts, or we could do like cross-posting, or we could do, you know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, how can I infuse? So when you identify what like podcast interviews, well, why do you love podcast interviews? Well, because I love blah, blah, blah. Cool. How can you then find ways to pull some of the things you love into the other things that you're doing? Right. But then the next is what do you not love? What's one thing you just don't love that's on the list of the ways you're building awareness? What's something you don't love?
1: The regular committees, I would say the number of them, they served a purpose at some point. But now I, you know, I've, as I've narrowed down in the subcommittees, I think the, the regular committees are, don't really serve their purpose to me anymore.
0: And what's one other thing? Tell me one other thing that you don't love in how you're building awareness.
1: I don't love the administrative side or I think that the being tied to the social media part. I love social media, but I don't love the... Feeling like I have to create new content all the time. Okay. So let's talk about
0: like everything that goes into content creation, right? So then the next question you would write is how can I change this or how can I change the process of how I'm doing this so that I love it a little more, right? So for everything you identify as not So it's like, well, how can I change the regular committees is I can resign, <laughs> I don't want to be on them. I can say, no, I can quit. I can turn in my resignation letter, right? But for content creation, it might be like, okay, well, now I have to get a little more specific. What pieces of content creation do I not like? I don't like writing. It takes me forever to write a post. I don't like scheduling it in a scheduler. I don't like, and you might find other ways you can improve that process. Oh, instead of writing it, I can speak it into Zoom and then just get a transcription. And then I can have an assistant just edit the transcription for me into posts, and then schedule those posts for me, or something like that, or you know, I can. There, there, there can be all kinds of ways you can change the process of how you're doing what you're doing. So that would be your next step, Megan. Is for everything that you love that you, you uh, listed around how you're showing up. It's how can I bring pieces of that into other things? How can I replicate that and do more of those things? And then for everything that you don't love, it's how can I change it? And it's going to be either stopping it or how can I change the process so that I love how I'm doing it? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And then the final piece here is you're, uh, and you're obviously not going to do this now, but this is what I want you to do. It's an inventory, uh, an inventory of your content. And so this is going through your content now with everything we've talked about. And I want you, and you're just gonna give me a general answer, right? Like you're right now, you're gonna give me a general answer. But it's like, how frequently are people seeing you talk about you and your strengths and your skills? Very little. Okay. And any of these networking, anything, right? How about your team members? How much are people seeing the strengths, skills, and talents of individual team members in any of these places?
1: Not very much.
0: Okay. What about uh overall for your business the strength skills if you're not talking about for any of you you're not talking about it for your business right what about your points of view you said that already not really sharing your points of view about your industry right what about the specific problems you solve like where we talked about we help you hire and retain great team members so that your properties run like well-oiled machines like how much would you how many times would you say you've talked about that topic
1: not specifically enough. We may be more give tips on, you know, where people are doing it wrong, but not not detailed enough, no.
0: Not detailed enough. So like a little bit here or there, not really with great specificity or detail and not really saying that's what we do, right? You're just saying, hey, here's a problem and here's some tips to solve it. Not like that is the problem that is keeping everything from working at your property, right? Um, how many times do people get to experience what it's like to work with you? Do you have any like ask me anything. Do you have any live stream series where people can interact with you around these topics, around these things? Like, do you have any masterclasses or or webinars or workshops where people can interact with you and like actually say, oh, if I was with Megan, I I could ask a question. This is what it would be like to have her there to answer the question. Anything like that?
1: I don't have anything formal set up. I, I do have people that just reach out to me and, you know, we'll get on a call or we'll, we'll do emails, but no, no, No formal forum
0: so that might be a good thing to start incorporating too right because it's like how can people connect with you authentically and see and know you and who you are but it's more important than that it's and know what it would be like to work with you that it would be a good experience to work with you that it would be a great experience to work with you the more opportunities you give them for that right like uh, in full transparency it's not why i do these live stream coaching sessions, but I get clients that I've live streamed, that I've coached on the podcast, right? It's like, I get clients because they're like, oh, this is what it would be like to work with Rita, right? Like, and other people hearing it. I've gotten clients who have heard it going, oh, that's what it would be like to work with Rita, right? So really understanding that people need to know that it's going to be a good experience. And a testimonial just doesn't cut it for that. Because of course, you're going to share a testimonial that say, it's a great experience to work with Megan. Nobody is like thinking, oh, wow, really? That's crazy. Like, you know, I can't believe that somebody said it's a good experience. like, no, they're like, of course you're sharing that. But through actually doing it, interacting with people the way you would with them when you're working with them becomes very important. So find opportunities like that too. Okay. So now that we've done all of this, we've looked at your you know, who you are, what you bring to the table. We'll pretend your team members have done it. We'll pretend that you've done it overall for the business. And then you've also looked at, um, okay, like, here's like who we want sitting at the table with us. Here's how we're going to attract them by sharing our points of view and by sharing specific problems that we solve. If you had to fill this this little, these sentence stems out right now, I'm just curious what you would say, which is like, and, and you kind of got on this first one with the transparency. So let's stick with that here. Here's what I have to say about my industry in one sentence. And I'm not holding you to this. And guys, this is her rough draft. This is a dirty draft sentence. You can go back and change it. But it's like, what would you say about your industry in one sentence? Thinking about, about that piece around transparency and manipulation and whatever. like, And it can be worded as a positive it doesn't have to be worded as a negative. Like, I think it's bad when you blah, blah, blah. It can be like, I think the only way to succeed is X, right? Like, what would you say?
1: I think the only way for our industry to succeed is to change and to focus on the customer experience and not just the resident customer, but the customers that are our teammates, our coworkers.
0: Okay, I want you to play with that a little bit. I like the, and not here, but like the customer experience, but you didn't talk about transparency at all. And yeah, that was the first thing that came up with your point of view, right? Which is like, I think the only way to succeed is by having a customer experience that is fully transparent from beginning to end, where all information is on the table, where, you know, like I believe, or it could just be like, here's what I have to say about my industry. Um, My industry is going down a black hole because, you know, if they don't like start doing this, or like I believe that my industry will thrive. Once, right, people are embracing the core values of transparency and honesty and prioritizing the customer experience from the first touch point all the way to the end. Does that make sense? Like a sentence like that. Okay. I love that. And yeah. here, who needs to hear it? Who would need to hear that? Like, if you were like, oh my God, these people need to hear this more than ever that the only way that you will thrive and succeed as a property owner is if you. Prioritize the customer experience and infuse it with full transparency and honesty. Who specifically needs to hear
1: that? Describe, just describe them to me a little bit. The owners, everybody, but regional managers, I would say specifically, they're typically the decision makers or the leaders to lead the teams to make the decisions. So they need to hear this. Yeah.
0: Regional managers, but maybe people who are inundated with the other marketing messages who don't know that there's another way, right? Who have been told this all their life. Maybe they're lifetimers and that was the way, but that's no longer the marketing way. You know, the more detailed you get about who needs to hear it, the more you're going to be able to infuse that in the statement, right? And then at the end, it's, and here's what makes me, like right now we'll stick with you because you haven't done the business yet. Here's what makes me different. So what would you say? So like yes, transparency and honesty. Um, and who needs to hear this? are regional managers and people who are struggling to, you know, who are struggling with these challenges, right? Like, um, and who aren't able to maintain teams and hire a team at whatever it is, right? And here's what makes us different. And that's where you go to some of those things that you're that we've highlighted through here, right? Like, and here's what makes me different, right? Like I'm able to identify. Your actual root problem, right? And I can help you solve that problem, uh, leading from transparency and honesty. And I can help showcase your strengths and skills so that you're calling in residents who are not only finding a place, but feel like it's a home in a community. <laughs> and they're able to like, you see what I'm saying? Like all of these pieces that you've shared in your skills, that would be the final sentence. So if you can come up with that paragraph, right? And you might like send me a one minute recording after you have it or whatever. And we'll play it on a future uh, a- episode. But it's like, here's what I have to say about my industry and here's who needs to hear it. And here's why you want to hear it from us. I love it. And if you can do that, that those messages, infusing that in your networking, in your interactions with people, in your speaking, in your marketing, any, anywhere, that's going to be what not only gets you visible, but has you authentically visible, that will attract the right people to you for the right reasons and make it very clear to them to see the value that you bring in a very specific and detailed way. So how does this sound? What questions do you have? What are you excited about? What, what was like an aha? What are you excited about? Do you have any questions for this?
1: I had a ton of aha moments. And what really resonated just here at the end was I, I've been stuck in, I think what we call the marketing text, the flowery, pretty fluffy stuff that doesn't really mean anything. And it's been difficult for me to get out of that. But I think seeing all of this, I really see the path, you know, of, of being able to get clear and getting away from that text and being able to communicate clear of what we do. And I'm excited. Yay. I'm so excited. Yeah. Like, and
0: there are places for some pretty fluffy stuff sometimes. Right. But If that's all you're putting out there, then it's like, no wonder people don't really know what we do. We've kept it way too high level. We've kept it real general. They can't see themselves in it. They don't even know that that's the real problem. We're not standing for anything. So like people can't know what we even stand for when it comes to our industry and why they want us. And like, we're just basically being like vanilla ice cream. No one actually just chooses vanilla ice cream. (laughs) I forget who I was talking to, but somebody said that it was in an interview the other day. They're like, look, it's like vanilla ice cream. Like, Nobody goes to the store and actually chooses, the vanilla ice cream, right? They choose like Rocky Road or they choose the cookies and cream or they choose, but everybody likes vanilla ice cream for the most part. No one's ever like, ah, vanilla. I mean, there are always exceptions to the rule, but for the, it's like, I could jazz it up. I could like, it, it'll be fine. It'll do. Better than nothing. Right? But nobody's like, oh my God, they have this at the store. They just put that in the store. I've got to run and get my vanilla ice cream. It's like, they have limited edition, like, you know, whatever. I need to run to the store and get that, right? Like you want to be that. And that means you have to be really like specific and different. Does that make sense? Yes. All right, cool. So Megan, that's what I want you to work on. I would love if after you have that little paragraph, the three sentences, right, of the things that we went through, if you did record that um, and just send it to me as an audio recording and I will share it with my audience once you have it um, as a, a little add on to one of our future episodes. Can you do that for me? Yes. Awesome. All right, guys, that's it. That's another episode of the Rita Maybe Do It show. I hope you found this helpful. I hope you can help uh, see how it can not only help you get visible authentically, but those final questions too, and how to do it in a way that you love, right? Because when you do it in a way that you love, you're going to do it more consistently. You're going to do it with more ease and the consistency and the ease and the joy that gets infused in the process along with all of these other pieces around your messaging will help you attract those right clients because you're being authentically you doing things you love talking about the things that are important to you and meaningful and matter and you're going to attract all the people who agree with that so i hope you have a great week and i'll catch you next time on another episode of the read and Me do it show hey before you go thank you for listening to my show i hope that you enjoyed this episode Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Read and Me Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to RitaMamieDoIt.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.